Yo, 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 what's going on, folks? Uh, today is a special edition of the CPE podcast. Uh, we're going to touch some wrestling today, you know, so I invited uh, two of my very close uh, guys to do some wrestling talk with me as um, these guys are very adamant wrestling watchers, so I'm, as, um, as myself. And um, today we're just going to touch on a, a little bit of um, AEW Full Gear and um, other promotions and talk about upcoming uh, Survivor Series and many other things when it comes to match booking and stuff like that, you know? So, um, you know, first of all, you guys introduce yourselves and let the people know who you are. Uh, yeah, my name, Brad Young. What's going on, y'all? I'm Adrian from Atlanta. All right. All right, you know, so um, some of you guys may remember Adrian. He was on one of my previous episodes of the podcast, um, of the CPE podcast. So he's making a return today to do some wrestling talk with me. This is Brad's first time coming on the podcast. So, you know, definitely check us out. We have some things that we're going to be working on later on that's going to be outside of CPE, you know, um, something that we're going to start up ourselves. But for today, you know, I just wanted to use this platform just so, you know, because it is kind of known with the people and everything. So, um, pretty much, yeah, uh, guys, um, before we get started and everything, um, I want to play some intro music real quick, just because, uh, we had a return of, um, the elite last night. So just wanted to play this real quick. No, go back. Here we go. There you go. You guys can hear it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ready? 
Let's go, gentlemen. Let's go. I am ready. I am pumped. I am ready to rock and roll. All yeah, right. That's your theme music. <laughs> right there, man. It gets me. It gets me going. It gets my blood flowing. <laughs> For sure, man. All right. Cool. So, um, let's run down some of these matches real quick. So, uh. November 19th, uh, AEW, they had their pay-per-view full gear, which they do every year now. Um, definitely was looking forward to this, this pay-per-view itself. So um, you guys want to dissect them match by match? Um, the first match that we had for the night was Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus in a steel cage match. Oh, man. Um, uh, anybody want to start off first? Well, I, I think that was a, a hot way to start off that pay-per-view. You know, definitely, definitely. a blood feud. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I mean, you know, it, just the whole aspect of keeping Christian out while it's mano y mano. Mm-hmm. That's definitely intriguing, you know. So, I mean, that, that was a very cool match. Very cool match. I, I like like how they got into it, for sure. Yeah, 1,000%. Um, what do you think about it? Go ahead. What do you think about it, Brett? Um, it, I mean, you know, both of them are fan favorite. I'm, I kind of, um, I was a fan of uh, Lucha Express. That they grew on me because mm-hmm. at first I didn't like them. Mm-hmm. And when I seen them in person, I, I kind of became a fan. So uh, for me, it was good, but I just kind of one of those people that's kind of disappointed that um they are broke up i guess mm-hmm. um but i mean you know you can never go wrong with a cage match you can never go wrong as at a for uh, excuse me with a cage match and i know being there live as a fan it's exciting to see mm-hmm. um, it's exhilarating it definitely uh sets the tone so i mean uh it, it was a good match for the night it was a good match for the night um is it is this something that maybe they could have put on dynamite? Maybe I think that would have drew some views on dynamite. Um, mm-hmm. But hey, it was full gear, so you know, you put your best, you put your best foot forward. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, definitely, uh, something that um. First of all, just to start off the pay-per-view with a steel cage match, you know, um, everybody knows that the first match of the night kind of sets the tone for the, the pay-per-view itself. So definitely agree with you uh, as far as um, them putting that match first. And um, also agree with you with the blood feud and everything like that going on between the two of them. And um, having Christian Cage just be like the mastermind that he is and behind everything. Um, it just, it, it's a testament to Christian Cage's, uh, mindset when it comes to the wrestling business. Um, I think is he's kind of underrated sometimes when it comes to his, uh, promos and also when it comes to just his, uh, match intelligence, you know, his psychology inside the ring, um, being able to come into AEW, you know, like, like Brad said, um, Jurassic Express, I wasn't really a huge fan of them in the beginning of uh, their, their little um, run as a team, but they gradually grew on me. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't, you know what it is to me? I felt like it was like another uh, big guy, little guy kind of com- combination, you know, which is kind of like what we see a lot of nowadays. You know, you have the powerhouse and then you have the young athletic dude. So um, 
that kind of was one of the things that I was like, eh, they're right. And then kind of Luchasaurus's whole gimmick was kind of like, because you know what it is for me? I would like to see his personality more instead of the whole all the time, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but, you know, um, I guess he just is not a good mouthpiece. That's why he now has uh, Christian Cage talking for him and everything. And um, you can also see the growth in Jungle Boy when it comes to him cutting promos, too, and just being aligned with Christian, you know? Jungle Boy was one of those uh, wrestlers in the beginning that we that a lot of people felt he had he he had the athleticism he had the skill set inside the ring when it comes to matches, but he just didn't have that final factor which was you know the skills on the mic. So I think that him hanging out with Christian also just elevated his game and um you know Christian took him under the wing and you know he was his mentor and everything like that. So I think that was a great thing for Jungle Boy's career in all aspects. You know. Um, Definitely a bloody match. Uh, definitely a bloody match. Um, I I, I kind of I like the outcome of the match. I did enjoy the fact that Jungle Boy was the victor of the match. Um, but I just didn't. Um, one of the things I kind of was was expecting a little bit more because when they did uh, throw Christian out of the match, you know, so he wouldn't interfere. I kind of wanted to see him be on the ringside a little bit longer, you know, just so he can be insulting Jungle Boy. Because regardless of anything, like I didn't see his interaction with his with Jungle Boy's family on the outside, you know, which he's mm-hmm. taking like jabs at them, right. you know, throughout the whole entire time of this feud and everything, you know, with the mentioning of uh, Jack Perry's, you know, um, deceased pops and everything, you know. So Christian Cage knows how to fucking shoot low, you know. So I think that... Um, him kind of getting ejected uh, in the match kind of early was a little bit like, uh, ah, damn, he should have stayed out a little bit longer. He should have had some kind of interaction with his family. Like, he should have been there. Like, do you see what's happening to your boy? Like, you know, like, as as, as Luchasaurus is grinding his face against the steel cage and then you see the blood pouring down, you know, I thought that maybe they could have done, um, done a little bit more with that. I did like yeah, the fact that he wasn't involved, though. That's definitely a missed opportunity. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think that was one. Of, I think, and the reason why I say it should have it could have went on dynamite mm-hmm. is because I feel like it was one of those views that was something long term. It was um, it, it was more realistic and it had a slow burn, but it mm-hmm. was so much going on at AEW at the time with like CM Punk and the Bucks and mm-hmm. you know these title uh, eliminators and all this different stuff. That view kind of went like you know under the radar and then when you got the match it was like all right it was a cage match cool but it was like you know let's get to the shit like let's yeah get to, to you know mjf and mox and let's get to the elite and all this other stuff so um i feel like um the combination that could have been on dynamite um but i'm going to keep a close eye on uh Jungle Boy, and also, like you said, Luchasaurus with the personality. At some point, I want to see if he's going to unbind himself by the mask. Mm. Because at some point, that gimmick's going to get corny as hell. Already corny. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's already corny. (laughs) So, you know, it's going to get corny as hell. And it's kind of like, yo, you're a a big guy. You can move. You Mm -hmm. got some skill. At some point, you're going to have to come from behind that mask or do something. Um, he could be one of their homegrown talents. Uh, so that'll be interesting to look at uh, later on down the line. Uh, again, I'll keep my eye on that. 
I respect that. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, yeah, and as like you said, um, I, I agree with you, Adrian. Uh, the the gimmick is kind of already corny for me, you know, because it's like it's like he comes on and then you hear the, the whole little roar after after whatever you know whoever's doing the speaking for the moment, and it's like. All right, dude, like, show me something else. Show me some personality, you know? And I think with him losing the mask could be one of the things that that definitely elevates his character and everything because, you know, it's not like no one knows, doesn't know what Luchasaurus looks like, especially if you've ever seen the Big, the big Brother um, show. He was actually on the Big Brother show, you right. know what I'm saying? So, you know, so people who are familiar with the reality show of Big Brother, they know what he looks like and everything like that, you know? So... Uh, the fact that he just hide his face and everything, kind of just like, you know, it's like also um, with the, the Kane aspect, you know, once Kane lost the mask, his personality started to show more, you know. So, and it was sure to add an element of his character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I definitely could see him as a homegrown talent for AEW also, because he was there since the very beginning, you know, with talents like him, Darby, uh, you know, Jungle Boy. And, you know, they have certain people that were like, they, they have been on the indies, but they didn't have any television exposure, you know. So now that they have right. this television exposure, I would like to see more of um, their homegrown talent instead of them, you know, Tony just using a lot of these ex-WWE superstars and they're just using them to elevate the, the company and everything, which is all fine and everything. You know, I definitely get it. Like you want more exposure and um, brought to your, your, your program on a national level and these people are well-known names but in the same sense i think that sometimes he kind of puts like his original talent on the back burner and i kind of don't like that right yeah we'll, def we'll definitely get into that yeah um when we talk about the uh samoa joe and um oh yeah match yeah definitely you know so uh, the second match of the night was the the match for the Chios tag title, what well, the Chios titles, which was the return of the the elite, you know, coming back after this since um all out they've been um going, you know, off for of suspension and everything like that. Which I kind of believe the suspension, but I kind of also feel like they wanted to give Kenny more time just to recover and everything because if you notice he wasn't bandaged up yesterday, you know he he came out looking good, you know, and um so they had the the, the a, 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 a title match against a De death triangle who is the current trios champions um speak on that adrian um how do you feel about that match and uh the outcome of it i think that was for me that was match of the night that was match of the night i uh, i the reason why i say that is because of the energy of the crowd mm -hmm. which is something i want to get into but uh also more importantly for me, was the underlining story of uh, Phoenix struggling to embrace, like, should I cheat to mm -hmm. get over on this match? You know, mm -hmm. um, this match, this match is one of those, if you love Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, this is your bag. They're going to get their shit off. It's going to be a Young Bucks match. Um, and everyone loved, I mean, most people love the Lucha Bros. You know what I'm saying? They mm -hmm. always get a good match out of each other. Those are good rivalries built in their company. Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks. And then also Pac and Kenny Omega. Both of those are rivalries. Mm -hmm. It works. It makes sense. So I enjoyed the match. 
Um, there is something I do want to bring up about that match, though. Okay. Um, not to turn away from it, but um, what what do y'all think about that whole fuck CM Punk uh, deal with the crowd? Because I, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm kind of like it. Kind of shows how corny a lot of us fans are. Mm-hmm. Because Punk, this is CM Punk's the same dude when he started AEW before he got to AEW, but all of a sudden now is fuck CM Punk. It's just it's just kind of weird to me. I don't know. What do y'all think? Am I, I think no no I agree. I think um uh first off to address the match, um of course, like you said, those rivalries, those matches are always good. Mm-hmm. Um Best out of seven may burn me out because uh, I don't I don't know where that's exactly going. Okay. Uh, so that's something that may wear me out as far as the fuck CM Punk thing. So I mean, of course, we're gonna have to address the elephant in the room, right? You have the fans, and the fans are at some point the fans became um, complainers and whiners and anti this and anti that and siding with this and siding with that and kind of throwing logic out the window. Uh, I thought, I thought it was disrespectful. Um, the issue was between uh, the Bucks, Omega punk and AEW. Uh, mm-hmm. And it looks like the issue is close to being resolved uh, and everybody is going to go their way and be professional. These are the same fans that was calling for punk. And interrupting WWE shows for years, you know, chanting his name for years. They Mm -hmm. were interrupting WWE shows, chanting for CM Punk. When CM Punk came back, it was a monumental moment in professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. AEW hung their hat on that moment. Mm -hmm. They hung that their hat on. We got we got that off. We got CM Punk back. He's back in wrestling. He's back with us and the fans that turn their allegiance or fandom away from WWE to AEW uh, specifically, like I'm just rocking with AEW. They hung their hat on that too. Mm-hmm. It was just a situation gone sour. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it was nothing where you'd be like, you know, fuck CM Punk. It, like, it's again, like weird, you said, it's, it's just weird. Yeah, That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, I understand, I understand you being a fan of the elite and obviously, you know, like you want AEW to succeed if you're an AEW fan, mm-hmm. but it, it's like, okay, um, why, why all of a sudden is it fuck CM Punk at this right. point? <laughs> I will say, you know, going back to the scrum and all that, that, you know, him putting Colt, Colt Cabana's business out like That's that, true. that was some lame, Yo, that was lame as hell. you know? That was unnecessary, right. and we can the all agree that. The scrum was unprofessional but, from CM Punk. For sure, it, it was. for sure, for sure. But is that enough after the year that he – CM Punk arguably gave us, like, the best year of, of wrestling performance out of, any, 1, out of any of those guys. Let's keep it, keep it real. Whether it was his return, his promos, his rivalries, his matches, you know <clears> what yes. I'm saying? So – how do, how do we switch up like that as fans? You know what I'm saying? That that's where that's where my question is, you know. 
All right. Well, for me, um, <laughs> yeah, I did see my post I made. Um, it was it was a highlight for me at the night because it was funny as hell. Because um, and I get what you got, and I, I definitely agree with you guys because CM Punk definitely came back and gave us a, a great year of wrestling, you know what I'm saying? When when we lost Kenny Omega, he was able to carry that torch and carry the company on his back, you know, with him, his rivalries between like with uh the likes of MJF, you know, the promos between the two of them were just fucking top shelf, you know. Um I also feel like, you know, I'm one of the fans who was definitely excited when Punk came back. You know, um, I, I I was just like the guy in the, in the arena um, when he was there in Chicago, when he, you know, he was crying and everything. I definitely shed a tear because I never thought that this was ever going to happen again. I never thought that he was ever actually going to step foot back inside of a ring, you know, especially it coming into AEW. So I did, it was an emotional moment for myself, you know, having him back. And then um, for me, what, what kind of turned me away from CM Punk in the most recent weeks, because um, like you guys touched on with Cole Cabana, you know, saying with him putting out Cole Cabana's business and saying how he supported him and he did all his extra stuff like that, you know, I just thought that was very tasteless and classless of him, you know, um, in a professional standpoint. Corny. Yeah. Yeah, it was corny. Sure. It was corny. For sure. So um, that was one of the things that kind of turned me away from. And then in, even in, in most recent uh, things, because now he's doing commentary for uh, for MMA fights and everything like that. And he's kind of taking jabs at AEW also. So it's like, you know, I kind of like, I'm like, all right, well, if it's fuck me, then it's fuck you too. Like, that's how I feel, you know? And that's why I think the fans are, are reacting the way they feel, you know, saying towards that, because it's like, he's taking jabs at them. And even though like they may be um, ending on an amicable, uh, you know, righteous way, but in the same sense, I just feel like, you know, you're getting paid still, dude. Like, you know, there's no reason for you to be sitting there and throwing as much shade as you now whether or not the beef between him and the bucks and Omega is something that will never be resolved. That's, you know, to be seen, you know, because um, from what I've also heard that it's like they had like a majority vote in the locker room and um, Punk was basically outed um, as, as a talent um, for the show. A lot of people felt like he wasn't um, professional enough, you know, and um, I don't I, I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know what the what the atmosphere is like, you know, what I'm saying in the backgrounds. But you can just kind of see, like, because of the way it rubs off. Because if you even look back into MJF and the way he felt about Punk coming into AEW and then just getting it handed to him, you know, saying just because of his name and everything like that, I could understand MJF's gripe about that because, you know, I'm one of your homegrown talents. But in the same sense, MJF, you don't wrestle enough for me to feel like I need to put the title on your waist, you know? So that was one of my things about MJF and his his gripe with CM Punk is like, all right, I kind of see where you're coming from. But then again, bro, like you don't wrestle enough for me to just say, all right, I'm going to make you the guy of the company. So as long as we've all been watching wrestling, right, we can all come to the agreement that your big time wrestlers and even some small guys, all wrestlers act like bitches at some point in time. Strong. So, you know, as far as like CM Punk, taking a shot I mean you know they were gonna get there and they were gonna get to that and there's something that with MJF I wasn't mad at his promo it was great promo but you gotta realize too right CM Punk is a fucking draw like yeah. that's just the reality of the situation people he want to see CM Punk, Punk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, people come to see CM Punk and I get it 
MJF, you're homegrown talent, and this is where Tony needs bookers. They have to work their homegrown talent up to where they can be draws because, bruh, bottom line is this. We haven't seen CM Punk in, what, seven, eight years in wrestling? Mm -hmm. Yo, when Revolution came to Orlando, because I live in Orlando, I'm there because I I have to see CM Punk. I have to see Daniel Bryan. These are guys, these are draws. That's just the bottom line. These guys are draws. Until those other guys get there, then, you know, I get it. So it's kind of like a little bit of give and take. Um, Overall, I think we'll, by the top of the year, this situation will be um, just dead in the water. Nobody will be talking about it. You got to remember something. These fans, they throw stones, they hide their hands, but they're a part of the culture of the people that complain and threw shade and threw jabs. I mm. mean, again, I hate to bring this up because I don't want to sound like I'm defending them or nothing, but for years, you know, it was jabs at WWE. Even before they started AEW, it was being the elite and these jabs and, oh, you guys offered us a, con- a contract? We're not coming. You know what I'm saying? Just shit like that. Yeah. So it's like, it's just one of those cultures. And it's like, people can't be turned off when the shoe is on the other foot in regards to the situation. Uh, Glad to see the elite back there. Some of the big draws for AEW. Uh Mm -hmm. Um, So again, I don't necessarily know why they're going seven matches for the trios. (laughs) Maybe they're trying to get to something, Mm -hmm. but good to see them back in the CM Punk situation is over. And it seems like last night was a um, a massive reset in regards of title belts, storyline. So we'll see where things go. Yeah. Um, I definitely agree with Adrian when he said that this was match of the night um, also. So um, that's yeah. just something that, um, like, you know, like you guys said, that if you were a fan of the elite, this is definitely something that's in your wheelhouse, something that you would have definitely enjoyed. Um and I also agree with you, Brad. I don't see where they're going with the seven match series, even though I'm pretty sure every match will be great, but it's kind of a like a real long ass. It's like a Beethoven song. I'll mm-hmm. be honest, bro. I'm a like, I I like the ones that the trilogies, when we start getting to the rubber man, the four and the five, that's when I'm like, all right, man, look, y'all got me. Unless y'all about to bring somebody new into the equation. Mm-hmm. The title goes, yep. even like even with Omega and Okada, it was like what by the time Omega finally got the belt, I was just so over it. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, <laughs> yeah, like this is what you ultimately was going to end with anyway, you know. So right, exactly. So yeah, so uh, moving on, um, the next match of the night was uh for the TBS title, Nyla Rose, the quote unquote TBS champion against Jay Cargill. Um, <clears throat> who is the actual TBS champion. First mm-hmm. of all, I just want to start off by saying Jay Cargill looked so fucking good last night in the Ch- Chitara's uh, outfit. She definitely slayed that 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 that, that fit. Um, she definitely looked amazing. Um, so that's one of the first things I want to get off by saying. Um, second, um, that match was a. Uh, I don't. I, I don't can know. see the look in your face. Go ahead, just say it. Say what it is. <laughs> it, it wasn't it. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was. It wasn't it. It was very, very like. Uh, yeah. Let's let's hurry up and end this one. They they just. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It, it just wasn't it for me. They don't have chemistry in the ring to me. You know. Um. 
Nyla Rose is one of those athletes who, um, for one, she's a uh, she's a powerhouse, you know, just like Jade is. So it's like it's kind of hard to see who the bully is in that situation. You know what I mean? And um, I think Jade just looks better as a bully, you know, as a heel in her matches. And it wasn't something that she 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 couldn't bully Nyla last night. So um, I was kind of disappointed, and I would especially with the buildup and everything, because I think what Nyla Rose did was with 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 her running around with the title was fucking comical it was just it was excellent it was it was good it was some of nala works um nala rose's best work um when it comes to her promos and everything and you know i what do you how you feel guys uh aw gotta fucking step it up for jay cargill Mm -hmm. um her booking is fucking that shit is like Mm -hmm. It's just it's just garbage, right? Because you it's like you do all of this and you know what the results gonna be, and now you guys have kind of fucked her over by. Jade is still green in the ring. We all can agree on that. We mm-hmm. all it's very sure. obvious. Huh? I said for sure. Oh, so we all know that, but now they fucked her over. She got this streak. She's getting bigger and bigger and more popular, and they can't keep holding her down they can't keep having her run a rats ray nyla rose she shouldn't even been fucking facing nyla rose yesterday um me and adrian went to wrestling together and we were sitting watching a woman's match and i was like hey why do you think um women's wrestling kind of because sometimes it fucking stinks right Mm -hmm. and i'm like why do you think it stinks and adrian was like oh they're too safe and it's like mm-hmm. with Jade, she got to just start going for hers, right? Mm-hmm. Because she can have some momentum and a good move, but it'll look so slow mm-hmm. and like looks fake, choreographed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fake. And you'll be like, "Yo, this yeah. looks fake." Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even with the, I seen when they when she put her on the rope mm-hmm. and Nyla was about to drop the knee from the top rope. Like Jade fixed her clothes, mm-hmm. she fixed her hair, and I'm like, "What is this?" <laughs> <laughs> Like you're supposed to be hurt. Like yeah. you're supposed to be dangling. Like Jay just gotta go for hers. And um I, I'm I'm gonna be honest. I know she's just on the Breakfast Club and she's like, oh yeah, WWE, they take your name and they do this and they do that. Yo, she needs to fucking go to WWE. She needs promo mm-hmm. training, she needs fucking in-ring training, mm-hmm. she don't need on-the-job training because what's gonna happen is they're going to make it to the point to where nobody wants to mm-hmm. see Jade as a heavyweight champion. She's going to be like this sex symbol. I know like she's inspired by China, but she's not going to be China if she the next China or in that realm of women if she continues to stay on the path that she's on. If she's really passionate about wrestling, when that contract is up, she will go to NXT. Because I want to see real. her win. This has mm-hmm. nothing to do with AEW. Now, my, she should go. My my thing with that match, honestly, is that from the get, it's a very confusing match because mm-hmm. it's hill versus hill. You know, Jade hasn't done anything to technically be a face to that crowd. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And while Nyla was entertaining with, you know, her having the belt and being the, you know, quotation marks champ or whatever mm-hmm. is one of those things where when you go into the match 
who do you cheer for? So that in itself makes it already awkward. They're already mm-hmm. working from behind because of how they've set this match up. And then just like what Brad said, you know, Jade is very green in the ring. This mm-hmm. is very green in the ring. So a lot of her stuff, it looks fake. It looks shit mm-hmm. because she's trying to be safe. And while that's definitely appreciated, it's one of those things where, yo, you're, you're, a, you're a powerhouse. You're facing a powerhouse. Y'all need to get into the shit. Mm-hmm. Y'all are on pay-per-view right now. You're in front of a million people. Facts. You know, y'all got to get into the shit. So, you know, it's going to be some shots taken. And mm-hmm. when it's said and done, iron sharp as iron. And if Jade continues this route where she's not being taken on the deep end, she's going to be flat just like this. It's, yeah. it's basically... It's basically what uh what was what was my girl name from uh WWE, the Rock's cousin. Uh Nia, Nia Jax. Nia Jax, yeah. It's Nia Jax all over again. Yeah. When Nia Jax was brought up for the main roster, it was too early. Mm-hmm. They could have been continuously working with her, but they foolishly shot her to the main roster when she wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And all she did when she did go for her shit, she was getting motherfuckers hurt. And she pretty much blackballed herself from really getting meaningful work ever again. Yeah. So yeah. I just fear that that's going to be the path for Jade, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you guys. Um, She is definitely green in the ring. And um, I just feel like also um, one of the things that Jade is lacking is a, a credible opponent. And also not only just a credible opponent, but just also something that just really makes you say, wow. Jade had a phenomenal match. You and know, that, that goes to her booking. They're keeping her away from Britt Baker. Yeah. They're not giving her, <laughs> they're not giving her anything substantial. And then the thing with, with um, Athena, it came and went. Like, it came and went. I thought that they <laughs> could have done so much with that. All that shit just came and went. Thunder Rosa came and went. Mm-hmm. And, and I offered get into a debate and it's crazy because I get in debate with other black people when I be like yo they're bullshitting Jade and they get mad at me and mm-hmm. saying I'm hating on Jade when I'm not that's like yo y'all can't y'all don't see this mm-hmm. like I, I mean spoiler alert but they just made fucking Jamie Hayter the champion are you serious <laughs> <laughs> like and, and and listen it's not like the women's division got Charlotte and Sasha and mm. Becky and all of these names. Fuck it. If you gone the shit's the division is not good anyways. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do something, do something with your top draw. Let her, like Asia said, she a powerhouse. Let her get in there, pump kids. Get into the shit, her. man. Get Boom, into the shit. Take over. Get your shit off. Go mm-hmm. for yours. Press slam. Boom. Yeah. Like <laughs> I would like to see her um utilizing that power game, like some stalling suplexes, you know, shit like that, which would work in her her favor, you know, because she is a powerhouse, you know. When she and she drops that title, it, it's gonna be some bullshit. Yeah, everybody I'm like, that was some bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because now she's on a 42 and 0 record, you know, and um, 
she has beaten some credible names, but in the fashion that she's beating them, it's like, 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 like you just said, Brad, with the Athena feud, it came in and went. I felt like that feud should have been done so much better. And I also feel like, you know, uh, when it comes to Athena, um, what really fucked her up right now is the burying that, that Britt Baker did uh, with Athena with her, you know, actually breaking Britt's nose, you know, and which we all know was an accident. It wasn't intentionally done, but I think that Athena is one of those talents that is like she, so now she's on elevation and dark, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like she's on a timeout. She's on punishment right now. And I kind of just don't agree with that. Like, I just, I just don't think that like you, you did not just get this woman out of her retirement to put her on fucking YouTube. Straight up. I hope she asked for a release, man, because I know Triple H would take her back, man. And Mm -hmm. and I know that the fans love her as Ember Moon. Love the gimmick. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems so not motivated when it comes to wrestling. Her body doesn't look the same, and I'm not body shaming it anyway. It just no, doesn't I don't. look the same. Her passion doesn't look the same. She could. She was like one of those women's wrestlers that could lead a match, and everybody at mm-hmm. a point was like, "Yo, she's about to be up there with like Charlotte and them. Like it's only a matter of time, you know." And unfortunately, you know that's when Vince was at the helm and stuff, but. Uh, man, she just she just seems so lost. Like the whole, even her, like the gimmick, like the wings. Those wings look <laughs> cheap. Like they don't have like no feathers on. They look cheap, man. But again, um, again, this is something where this is one of the holes. Hopefully, Tony Khan, as a businessman, if you have enough businesses. To obtain a billion dollars, you can look or at least find somebody to give you that constructive criticism because, I mean, right now, what AW is three years old, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And outside of like the pay per view cards, weekly shit is getting progressively worse. Like, yeah. just from a booking standpoint. And from a um, developmental standpoint, and, mm-hmm. you know, and it's funny because when you offer up that criticism, it's not a hate thing. It's like, yeah, like it, it's pretty obvious. Just like when WWE was getting progressively worse, it was pretty obvious, and nobody was there to shit on it. It was just like mm-hmm. these things need to get fixed. But um, saying all that to say, Jay shouldn't have been in a ring with Nyla Rose last night, and at some point they're gonna have to fucking take the leash off. Feeder Britt Baker, feeder Jamie Hayter, feeder Tony Storm. Give her some of those big names, mm-hmm. give her some of those feuds, and let her go for a shit, man, and put the top title on her. I, I agree. So since we are in the women's division, let's just stay there for a minute and uh, talk about the in-ring um, return of Soraya versus Britt Baker. Um, gentlemen, <sighs> all right. I'll start off by saying it was I was happy to see Soraya back. And that's it. That's that's fair. That that's, that's a fair, fair that's a fair assessment. Yeah, that's, man. that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That's um that was rough. That was their first match back in a while. Mm-hmm. Um again, the fans enjoyed, and this is another one of those things, and we're gonna see where time takes us. Just like with CM Punk, Soraya comes back, 
at which point will the fans turn and get tired of her? Or she's not that good of a wrestler? Or it's going to be something at some point. Mm-hmm. So we just got to wait and see how long it's going to be. We just got to wait and see how long it's going to be. I hope hope um, that she is dedicating to take taking the craft serious again. I, mm-hmm. I know she's a fan favorite. A lot of guys mm-hmm. love her. A lot of females love her. Um, so we'll see where it goes. But last night was yeah. rough. Yeah. And it kind of not really exposed Britt Baker, but it just lets you know that Britt Baker is still not one of those top wrestlers where she can like lead mm. a match to where you'd be like, oh, that shit was decent. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit was rough. Yeah. And it was like you could see it. You could see it. Um so I don't know what tools they have in place for Soraya, but she definitely needs to get in the ring and start working her ass off if she wants to become a top name because you being from you coming from WWE and you know, your face and your movie, that can only get you so far with AEW because it looks like the consistency is their fans is into the match quality mm-hmm. um so we'll see man but i'm predicting i'm predicting it right here right now and when we reconvene in a few months the fans is gonna turn on her about something guaranteed <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Adrian, your thoughts yeah. i mean you know when it comes down to it when it comes down to it you know i'm happy that she's back because, you know, it's been quite some time. Uh, she got hurt, unfortunately. So you definitely you definitely feel bad for those kind of talent when their career pretty much gets snatched from them and pa- their passion gets snatched from them. So in that case, I'm happy that she's able to go back into the ring on a major level and, you know, do her thing. But, and it's a big but for me, um, again, this was, was a confusing match walking in, you know, who's the baby face, who's the hill, you know, um, you know, one thing about it, Britt Baker is a good hill. She's a very good hill. Um, I think that her promo going into, um, that match on dynamite, I don't know if yes. y'all caught it, mm-hmm. uh, Kind of confusing. It was, was kind of confusing space. because, it, yeah, it sounded it sounded like, hey, y'all should cheer for me because I'm homegrown talent. She's an outsider and she hasn't earned anything. Mm-hmm. We got while stuff. I was hearing, while I was here from day one doing my right. thing and making all of you guys fans. So going into it, you know, it was a confusing deal. You know, it's a returning. She's returning after years. Why would not cheer for her? Mm-hmm. But Brit dropped Brit dropped that obstacle for us to say, okay, well, maybe I should cheer for Brit because Ray is WWE. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. Um, but that's my that was my issue. You know, the match was not good. It wasn't, it wasn't memorable. But I'm glad that she's back. That's what I can say. I'm glad that she's back. And I hope, I hope that during her time with AEW, she's able to rub shoulders with some of the talent, the young talent there, 
and get busy with them mm-hmm. and get them over because she's at that point of her career where even though she wants to be a star, she has that privilege of being able to bring people with her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you can run a program with plenty of the girls on that roster mm-hmm. and get them over. So I don't know if that means you're turning Sharia Hill or you're getting somebody to kick her ass. I don't mm-hmm. know. But, you know, you she's at that star power level where we should be utilizing that to elevate the others in that locker room. So mm-hmm. that's what I But besides that, I don't have much to say about that match, man, <laughs> to be honest. I do agree with you guys. Um, and also one of the things I felt like um, they should have done because she did make her debut back in the ring at a, at a pay-per-view. I felt like maybe she should have had like a match or two lead it up to this. You know, um, I would have liked to see her get, and again, like you said, mentioning the young talent, having her in a match with like somebody like Sky Blue. You know what I'm saying? Because even though I'm pretty sure Soraya has been training and she has been in, you know, in the ring, whatever, behind the scenes, but seeing it out in the in the actual like live audience and everything, I think that that's something that she needed before she stepped on the level of being in the ring with Britt Baker. Because like you just said, Brad, um, Britt, she still hasn't shown me that she can really lead a match, you know? So it's like, it felt like there was no leader in that dance between the two of them, you know? Like, we, I understand the focusing of Britt Baker, focusing on her neck, you know what I'm saying, like that, because of the car accident and everything, and everybody, it's, it's public knowledge about her neck, um, you know what I'm saying, um, injuries and everything. So I understand that that kind of like, you know, with her trying to play off that, but it kind of did feel lackluster in a lot of the points of the match um it was kind of sloppy um some of their moves were very blotched you know um all in all like I said um I, I'm happy that she's back um just I want I want to see her I wanted to see her work a little bit more before she gets Britt Baker on uh the the grand stage of a pay-per-view you know um because Britt is your one of your homegrown talents, you know what I'm saying? And she was your former women's champion. She is the second longest reigning champion um, when it comes to the women's division. So um, just having her step in the ring with Man, Britt. Man, she's and, the owner of that locker room. She's the owner of that locker room. Yeah, Britt yeah, for sure. Locker room, you know what I'm saying? She is the alpha. That's Everyone falls behind her when mm-hmm. it's said. 1,000%. So I just I felt like them feeding uh, uh, Britt Baker to, to Soraya so soon, it kind of like, like, all right, now where, do, where does she go from there? She just beat the top dog, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in AEW when it comes to the power of the of the locker room. She just beat the top dog. So where does she go from there? I think she, she they could have worked her up to uh, to Britt leading up to that full gear pay-per-view match. So um, we'll see what goes. What we'll see where that goes, you know, in the upcoming right, weeks. That, that, that was a that was a good point, Chris. Because I mean, only thing to do is go down or fucking take the title off Jade, which I feel like they're gonna put some. I don't know if it's necessarily gonna be Soraya, but I, again, like I said, when that title gets dropped, it's gonna be some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that too. Yeah. So um, let's just stay in the women's division real quick, and um, so we could wrap that up. Uh, Tony Storm versus Jamie Hader. For the women's, for the AEW women's title, well, the interim title, let me correct myself, for the interim title, because we all know that Thunder Rosa is still their uh, title holder. I don't get, I, I don't get that at all. Uh, I don't. 
Um, for, for one, I feel like Thunder Rosa not making any kind of appearances at all is kind of like taking away from that title. Like, because even though um, when you had CM Punk, he was the champion, you know, what I'm saying he had the and uh, then you had an interim champion. CM Punk still was vocal. He still was behind the scenes doing things. He still showed his face every once in a while. You know, when you have that interim champion, you like you still need to have the one who is the current champion show up. Like, listen, you you only got that title right now because I'm not able to defend mine. But once I'm able, you know, I'm cleared and everything. Uh, we gonna go at it. The fact that Thunder Rosa shows absolutely no appearances, but you see her everywhere else on Instagram and uh. Right. Only fans, you know, practical so it's like, jokes. Yeah, you know, so it's like I, I just feel like that. That's kind of like a, a slap in the face, especially for Tony Storm. And uh, you know, um, that match was oh, it was it was decent. It was a decent match. It was probably the best women's match that they had last night. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, definitely. Um, you're right. You you you're on point with the um, thunder. Thunder Rosa uh, assessment as far as making some appearances. I just want to say, I don't like that they do that interim bullshit. Like, yeah. if the champion dropped their title, it's just dropped, and then when they get back, you know, they'll fall in line somewhere. But that interim shit, it, it kind of takes away from the person who is carrying the belt for the company mm-hmm. at that time. Um, as far as the match go, it, it, was, a, it was a decent match. Um at some point, like at some point, Tony Storm was really, really good, mm-hmm. like really good in the ring. And I don't know if it's the competition level she's facing, or I know when she left WWE, she was citing um, her mental health. Mm-hmm. I don't know about battling that, but she doesn't see as sharp as she used to be and maybe you know something is going on or maybe it's just a competition right because it takes two to tango definitely um, but tony storm just used to she used to be really really good and not saying she's not good now but she just kind of like no oh, that was that was okay um jamie hater getting the title this screams a uh, hater Britt baker feud to me yeah, to me, it just screams mm-hmm. hater Britt Baker. Either Britt Baker's gonna get the title back or she's gonna put Jamie Hater over in a huge way. But at this point, everybody's been pinning Britt Baker, so it's like, yeah, that goes back to what I said about Soraya like, your first match in, the, in AEW and you get the top dog, and then Britt puts her over like that. I just felt like. Soraya should have earned that. She should have worked her way up to getting Brit, you know. And um, I definitely one thousand percent agree with you with uh Jamie Hader getting the title. And this is screaming uh Jamie Hader and uh Britt Baker's uh feud coming up very very soon. Yeah, um, they're gonna slow burn it. Mm-hmm. Then at some point it's gonna you know you're gonna start seeing little subtle things. Britt cutting her eyes, little missteps, mishaps why they're around each other and different things of that nature so we'll see and it's interesting it'll be interesting to see if thunder rosa comes back within the next 90 days um Mm. and see where that plays out but yeah the women's division definitely need work it's a chore to watch a lot of those things Mm -hmm. again uh, i want to preface everything by saying i've never been a wrestler a wrestling booker 
um, I'm just saying some things that sound logical to me or I may want to see as a fan. Mm -hmm. um, that's just how I view wrestling now. Um, when I was younger and I watched wrestling, you know, our minds is clouded by different things. We At first we thought it was real. Then we loved the edginess of it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like the match quality. Mm -hmm. And now as an adult, you have to find new spaces to enjoy something you grew up loving. So for me, it's like match quality. How logical was that booking? And just seeing some of the talent come up and get better. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's just where, you know, where I'm at with the situation. Well, I, I think that match was overbooked. I'm going to mm. flat out say. I think it was overbooked. It was a lot of bells and whistles around it with the interference and all that. Mm -hmm. And honestly, we should have did that with Britt Baker and Soraya. It would have mm -hmm. made a lot more sense to help protect uh, Soraya's ring rust by having a lot of foolishness going on around mm -hmm. that. Um, that title match if they wouldn't have overbooked it with that stuff, they could have just let those two work, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think that, I don't think that they gave, I don't think that match was well booked to be honest. Yeah. I think it was well booked. So yeah, that's my, and you know, Adrian, you brought up a very, very valid point. If they were going to do the interference thing, I think that they should have done that in a Soraya match and have Soraya lose her first match, you know, saying due to maybe outside interference. So that way you can run it back because, all right, yeah, you beat me, but you didn't beat me clean. You know what I'm saying? Correct. So, so, so I definitely agree with you on that one because, um, the fact that they did that was with, with, with Jamie. Now it overshadows her uh, winning the title because it's like you didn't do it on your own. Like you had right. Rebel come out here, attack me with the title. I kick out of that. You had Brick come out, curve stomp me. Like you know, and then you know, eventually you hit me with the the the, um, the lariat move. You know, and then you pin me. Like so, it's like I get it, but then it's like it kind of look. It's gonna. It, no matter what anybody says, like regardless of how the fans feel, because I felt like Jamie got over uh naturally with, with the fans because of um especially with the the, the fatal four-way match that they had at all out and then her um pulling uh Jamie Hader off, you know, saying and well Britt, you know, interrupting the count and Jamie Hader possibly winning the match then, you know, and winning the title, that allowed the fans to to to, to uh build up like, oh my God, is this gonna be a turn? Cause Jamie didn't show up for like a couple of weeks on Brit's side, you know, and then she finally shows back up and like, no, we're still good. You know what I mean? And now that did this happens, like, so I see the few uh, happening between Brit and uh, Jamie happening soon because Brit is definitely going to head her with the, well, you wouldn't have won that without me. For sure. For sure. Oh yeah. Yeah, so, um, all right, so on to the next match. We have, uh, beings that um, we have the Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view coming up soon. We have two Ring of Honor titles that was defended last night on uh, AEW's um, pay-per-view. First one we had was uh, Jericho versus Sammy Guevara versus uh, Claudio Castanoli and versus Danielson uh, for the Ring of Honor world title. Um, gentlemen. How do you feel about Jericho having that title on his waist and what he's doing um, as far as uh, bringing shame or dishonor to the title, as they would say, because of his ways of winning or retaining the title? And um, also the turn between Sammy and uh, uh, against Jericho last night in the match. 
Um, <laughs> none of it makes sense to me. I'll be honest. Not not that the not that the wrestling isn't good. It's just like, what are we doing this for? Is Ring of Honor gonna get a real reset? Um, are we gonna do something substantial with Ring of Honor? And I get it. Like Jericho is a draw. He's an established name mm-hmm. to put that title on. But all of this is just kind of like uh, circusy, I guess. It's mm-hmm. like I get it, like the dis. Uh, I get it, but all of this is like circusy. I don't know where it's going, and when I don't know where things is going, and it could be going to a great place or it could be good, but it just disinterests you. Like what? What? Like- Yeah, I don't I don't have anything to say about that match, to be real. I mean, those are four, four of the best performers. I can say that. Let me not act like I'm shitting on it. Four of the best performers in that locker room. And, you know, they were getting into it. And um, I am intrigued with seeing, you know, potentially Sammy and Jericho mixing it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does seem like it's overkill to, mm-hmm. for me. It's a lot of overkill because you had two teammates of two different factions mm-hmm. or at least current factions going for a title when it should have been a one-on-one, you know, it should have been a one-on-one for me. I'm not a fan of overbooking shit, as yeah. you can tell. Like that's been, my, that's been my critique of, like the past three matches, it's overbooked, man. No, I agree like, with you. They can keep that shit simple, man. Keep that shit simple. I agree with you. Um, definitely because um for me, the thing is like, all right, you had Jericho pin uh Danielson now two times, right? And now you have him pinned Claudio now two times. So it's like the whole overbooking thing, right? If anything. And especially because after the match, the promo that Jericho cut, you know, saying with him, I wanted Sammy to, um, you know, say I'm glad that he stepped up and he did what he did. I think the the, the most logical thing should have happened last night when it comes to ending of that match is he should have pinned Sammy, and that could have built a potential with um with their rivalry coming up because now you have Jericho pinning Danielson twice and now Claudio twice. So where's the buildup for a potential another match? Like that rubber match between them is, is over with. Right. Jericho has it, you know. And I do understand why they kind of keeping the title on Jericho because Ring of Honor is trying to work for a television deal and everything. And Jericho being the name that he is, the best thing for them to do right now is to keep the title on somebody that people, the fans would want to see, you know. Like the fans love, for, for instance, the fans love to sing along with Judas, right? So now if you have Jericho as the face of Ring of Honor, that can potentially lead for the for Ring of Honor having a television um, you know, deal. So I kind of see what them keeping the title on Jericho, why they're doing it. But I just don't see the booking and everything the way it's going down. Like, um, you know, with some of the names that he's beaten recently, like in, in the likes of uh, Dalton Castle, you know, uh, Cole Cabana, you know, and then, you know, um, Danielson, like I said, twice. Um, I think, honestly, um, the match that I, and I understand that um, 
Jarrett is making his uh end ring debut for AEW, you know, because we we really don't have to keep on with this match with because we all feel the way we feel with that. But I feel the way that uh Jericho, I mean, I'm with Jarrett making his debut into AEW. I feel like if you want to keep Jericho on this 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 run with him defeating former champions, it shouldn't have been Jarrett and and, and Lethal versus Darby and Sting. It should have been Jericho and Lethal. That would have been a great match to watch because he is a former ring. He is a former ring of honor champion, a former like um, holding all the titles simultaneously at one point, you know, like that is something that I would have loved to watch last night, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that, that, that wasn't, shouldn't have been like, like you said, it's overbooked when it comes to that situation. And um, I think that that match would have been a, a greater match for them, you know, or maybe they could be leading that up for death before dishonor, maybe. Um, Cause I just don't, I don't like the booking for Jay lethal oh, at all. At bro, all. Jay lethal, Jay lethal turned into a jobber fam. Like, and I was just telling somebody in a wrestling group, I'm like, yo, he spent all that time not going to WWE or not, you know. Mm-hmm. I get it. They may have not booked him well there, but shit, like, for shit. Come on, man. You got guys like Danielson, Jericho in the locker room, and you're telling me they're not like, yo, we need to do something with Lethal. Like, Lethal is jobbing, bro. Like, he's a jobber. Yeah. And this point. it's crazy because... Jay Lethal cooks on AEW Dark. Mm-hmm. That, that fool was like Undertaker his first year and a half on AEW Dark. He was mm-hmm. undefeated, beating everybody. But as soon as you put him on Wednesday night, Mans, Mans is looking at the light. He took He's some ridiculous the pins You know what I'm saying? It's, it's fucking crazy. Ridiculous fucking pins. crazy, man. I, I definitely don't like um I guess with the, the Darby and his feud, like I just don't like it, you know. I don't I don't like it at all. Like nothing not taken away from Darby Allen, but it's just Darby doesn't belong in a ring with the likes of Jay Lethal, in my opinion. I'm sorry. That's a fact. I'm sorry, like Lethal is a world-class athlete, a world-class amateur background wrestler. Like he just doesn't it just doesn't it does nothing for me. Him and Darby's mm-hmm. feud, you know, and and then I get it with Jericho. I mean, with Jarrett and um, Sting's rivalry that they've had for for decades and everything. I see where where it goes, you know. Even with them last night, them chanting TNA, you know, what I'm saying during the match, you can understand why that match was booked and everything, you know. But I just I didn't like it. I didn't like that match the way it was booked, you know. Um, it was a good match nonetheless, but it just. It, it, it was something to me, like I said, I would have rather see Lethal and Jericho. For sure. Lethal deserves better yeah. than what, what he's getting right now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, hopefully those checks are nice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hopefully. They better be, man, for him to be looking up at them lights the way he does so often, man. And to to to, to people like Darby, mm-hmm. like like even when they had that one on one match, and then it was like they, he was like forcing him to, to shake his hand and acknowledge him. It's like, dude, this is Jay fucking lethal. Like, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> are you kidding me, <laughs> man? That's a whole that's a whole podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh moving right along, uh we have our current uh Ring of Honor television champion Samoa Joe 
going against Powerhouse Hobbs and the former TNT champion with Warlow. Um, first and foremost, I just want to start off by saying um, the way they ended the Warlow, the War Joe uh, tag team tandem, um, I've I seen it happening. I've seen it happening, especially like when um with Rampage, when they were cutting their promo and um and Warlow was like, listen, that we like when Joe was trying to talk and Warlow just completely shut him up, like, hold on, enough talk. Da da da. We're gonna come out there, we coming to put the beats on you guys. I seen that happening. I seen the turn for Samoa Joe. Like, and everybody knows how Joe is. Like, he's just not one of those type of people to just take command for so long. What are you guys' thoughts on that that three-way dance? Um, real quick, I, I want to uh, get this off because my, my daughter got up, so mm-hmm. I have to cut my time. But I want to mm-hmm. say this specifically with that match. Um, Samoa Joe is washed. I know people <laughs> like love Samoa. I know, I know people <laughs> love Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is washed. I don't understand why he got both the titles. That match did a disservice to Wardlow and Hobbs. And I thought Hobbs had amazing momentum going into that match considering before then he was job he was mm-hmm. eating pants himself mm-hmm. he got himself back legitimate and he was the one who got submitted in the match mm-hmm. and i'm like really and like it's like who it was just like who booked that that that's all i'm gonna say and and i wanted to get that off because i that really grinded my gear about that match um, <laughs> I am sorry though, because I gotta cut my time short. The kids got school, and um, I know we got a little bit of a late start, but yeah. I did enjoy the time. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna leave on that note, man. Whoever booked that, man, shame on them. Joe's watch. They should. They either they should have gave Hobbs the look, or they should have let Wardlow retain. Yeah, there was no reason for Joe to have both belts. That's right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I thought. I thought it. it it was a perfect opportunity to get that belt on Hobbs, you know, mm-hmm. if not, uh, I mean, it, it should have been, it should have been Hobbs versus Wardlow, you know, yeah. it should have been Hobbs versus Wardlow. Um, I, I feel Bradley on saying Joe's watched. I think you can still make money with Joe because mm-hmm. he's over with that crowd, mm-hmm. but I don't understand the reason for putting both belts on him. Yeah. Other than maybe your TV appearances out of him the next couple of weeks. So yeah. it's a missed opportunity for Hobbs. He took him going into it, definitely had momentum. And in my opinion, he should have been walking away with that belt. 1,000%. What do you think? Agree. I agree with you guys. Um, You know, um, first of all, Hobbs being one of their homegrown talents, you know, and um, Warlow being one of their homegrown talents, it should have been a one-on-one between the two of them. It's uh, Joe just in, um, injecting himself in that whole rivalry because, like, he wants to turn on Warlow. You'll get your chance at the champ, you know what I'm right. saying? But let these two, like, it's been going on for weeks now with Hobbs attacking Warlow and everything like that. Um, and if 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 Warlow was to was was going to drop the title last night, it should have been with with Hobbs. Um, he's been looked, like you said, like him building himself back up and, um, you know, because his rivalry that he had with Ricky Starks, you know what I'm saying? was a great rivalry in my opinion. Like I, I love the whole right. turning on Ricky and everything like that. And, um, and now it, we made, see what, it made 
sense. Yeah, it definitely did. You know, and then now Ricky Starks is now coming into the to the, the 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 finals of the eliminator t- um, tournament you know what I'm saying so like now we see where ricky starks is at but like it's like well, all right why did hobbs turn on ricky if he's not going to be pushed because uh-huh. remember he was mad because they did lose that match he was tired of losing so now he, now you're continuing to lose it's like what, what where are you going with hobbs like he's just jobbing for you guys i didn't like the fact that one that he wasn't the one to win the title end the way and he was the one who got submitted right for sure i didn't like that finish i didn't like that Mm-mm. he submitted it should have been something else it should have been some cheating or you know i'm i'm okay with cheating at that point but yeah it's like we all agree his momentum would suggest that hobbs should be a force to be reckoned with mm-hmm. and y'all all you did all you did was beat him by submission which is mm-hmm. the worst possible thing you do with a big man is yeah have him tap out yeah so one thousand percent i don't know i just uh you know I, like yeah. i said death before what dishonor is coming up mm-hmm. but go ahead what you were saying no i was gonna say what what are your thoughts on wardlow's title reign because it it seemed like underwhelming for some odd reason for me it, de- it definitely did seem over, uh, underwhelming um, because um, it's like uh, the, the people that he was beating at, at, at some points is like, all right, he can have he can have a better outing, in my opinion, he have better, better opponents, you know, um, for for one thing, you know, with uh, with with Warlow leaving the pinnacle at the time, you know, and then having Sean Spears coming back, I would have liked to see him and Sean Spears mix it up, you know, saying and, and during that title run, you know, there's a lot of different opponents that I think that Warlow could have won against that would have been credible because it's now it's just it just turned into one song and dance, you know, come in powerbomb symphony. And then, you know what I'm saying? It, they turned that into Warlow's uh, suplex city as the same equivalency as a uh, Brock Lesnar, in my opinion, right. which we yeah. spoke about, you know, off camera and everything before. Um, I just felt like that, that, that they were trying to put him over as the super big man and everything like that. And if, you're going to do that. You need to have him beat credible opponents. Like regardless of Brock Lesnar being the suplex city King, you know what I mean? Brock has beaten the best of the best. No doubt. No doubt. He's dominated the best of the best. The best of the best. Like, come on. Like we could just go back to Brock's rivalry with Undertaker. Him, him being the one to give Undertaker the first loss at WrestleMania. Like, Mm-hmm. Brock has been his 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 run as being not just a legitimate big man, but beating some of the best talents at their at their showcase, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I I've always felt like that was Wardlow's uh, thing because even with him doing the F five at some points, you know, it was just like um. So I guess he's supposed to be there, Brock. It's like, but he he just doesn't he doesn't do it for me, and um, yeah. I one thousand percent preferred him dropping that title last night to Hobbs as opposed to Joe. No doubt. That could have been a corner coronation of Hobbs being the next big man, a mm-hmm. perfect mid-card champ. And yeah. you could also have Wardlow go into his feud with Joe, which mm-hmm. makes sense. Like for some odd, I mean Joe fucked me over. He he fucked me over when we were attacked. He fucked me over for this title. Now I got to go beat his ass. And yeah. I want his title. I want his Ring of Honor TV championship. 
I want to open up the ROH era as is champ. Like this is like I'm pay me Tony Khan. Bro, you're taking it right out of my brain because that's exactly what I would have seen. Him dropping the title to Hobbs and Wardlow fucking, I mean, I'm Joe fucking him over with that situation. So now you have Death Before Dishonor coming up. Now I'm coming at the yo shit. That just makes perfect sense because he's not going to defend the TNT title at uh, Death Before Dishonor. He's going to defend the ROH television title. So why have him have two coming into that pay-per-view coming up with two titles? It just doesn't make sense to me. Right, right. But, I mean, we'll we'll see, I guess. We'll see. Pay-per-views coming up. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, we just got two more matches to cover before we get out of here. The Acclaim versus uh, Swerving Our Glory. Oh, man. What do you feel about that, bro? Well, um, I think that it was a solid match. It mm-hmm. wasn't the worst out of their three. It was a solid match. Um, but I will say, <laughs> and I, I think this is the story for me when it comes to this pay-per-view, it was solid but overbooked. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the whole Keith Lee, you know, Keith Lee, uh, or Swerve giving Keith Lee, you know, the the tool to cheat to win mm-hmm. that was already done. The second match of the fucking night, so it wasn't any need to revisit something like that. And then Keith Lee uh walks out on him after he slapped. He gets slapped. It's like, fuck, man, we didn't really get as much time of that tag team as we should have. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm glad that the claim did win and retain because, you know, that 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 tag team is over with that Mm -hmm. crowd. Yeah. One thousand. They're over as motherfuckers. So, you know, you want to keep that title on them and you want to give them some good, credible matches. So, um Hopefully that kickstarts them going in, getting into it with a credible team like mm-hmm. FTR, mm-hmm. Or one of these guys. Um, but, you know, again, my critique of the match comes down to it being overbooked for me. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I agree with you. Um, like you said, we have already had that, that aspect when it comes to the cheating part of the night mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> him introducing the pliers or whatever they were, the tools, you know, saying to to uh, potentially having uh, Keith Lee cheat and everything like that. Because, like you said, it was already done with Ray Phoenix with the hammer situation, you know, and um, now that you're having this happen with them. And then if you're going to have that to potentially cause the reason for their breakup. I just didn't see um, it was overbooked, you know, like you said, um, uh, Keith Lee taking a slap and then just looking at him like and then walking out I, I, to me what would have made more sense if, if they're going to do that. You slap me and now I powerbomb the shit out of you and then walk out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, wait, do you just realize who you just slapped? Let me remind right. you. Right. You know? So I, I think this is also going to lead up to a rivalry between uh, Swerve and uh, Keith Lee. Um, I'm interested in seeing that um, kind of. Yeah. But um, also it's just like Swerve is just he's just too little for Keith Lee. So I don't know how much they're going to get out of that. Yeah, I, I think they're going to in their few, they're going to get some good matches out mm-hmm. of those two, because I mean, when it's said and done, when you have 
a motivated Keith Lee. He's one of the best wrestlers in oh, the world, yeah. you know, can do things that other motherfuckers can't do. And Swerve, Swerve is like one of those low key underrated talents for me, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, he is. You can do a lot with Swerve because he's an all around performer. He mm-hmm. can work in the ring, he can cook in the ring, but also you can use him for promo. He mm-hmm. can he can talk on his own and he has a great personality. So, you know, I, I do, while I am disappointed that they broke that team up, um, I am excited for both of them as individuals. Mm-hmm. Just like when they first got into AW, you know, I was like, man, they the either one of them could be uh the TNT champ real quick or mm-hmm. even one of them world champ, you know? Um, but you know, it was kind of disappointing that they mm-hmm. broke them up. Like, cause how long have they been together? Like a year or under, under a year, because um, they've both been there for about a year, but they weren't automatically like paired up as a team. Um, right. And they, they had the titles for a good, I say like four or five months, maybe. So, and not even probably that long, but they had the titles for for a little while. Um, and um, like you said, it was kind of disappointing that they broke the team up. But I definitely am excited to see where they go with both of them because I can see either one of them as the TNT champion right now, or even the world champion, especially Keith Lee as the world champion. No Hell yeah! You know, yeah. and um, and then and then now that you have Samoa Joe, like, see, that's another thing too. Like, reason why I would have loved to see Hobbs taking that title over um, Joe having that title is because now you can work a potential rivalry between Keith Lee and Hobbs with, with Keith Lee coming after the TNT title. And, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, that would have done nothing but elevate Hobbs game. Having okay. somebody like Keith Lee on your ass, like that would, is this, I, 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 Tony Khan just needs better bookers. I don't know if, if he's booking everything himself but he mm-hmm. just needs to listen more to the fans because I mean, I get it. It's your company. You want, you think, you know, what's best for business and you do know what's best to get money, but in, a, in right. an aspect of you wanting to have the greatest matches and the greatest like potential card, I just think that he just needs to just take a step back and let some other people do some work for him. You know, no, so, no doubt. No you doubt. know, like, like, uh, like, like you have William Regal there. Like, I don't understand why Regal was just automatically paired up with the Blackpool Combat Club and not being a, a, a booker for him. You know, this is right. a guy who who took NXT to the to the sky. Right. You know, so I, I mean, but yeah. So speaking of Regal, we can get into the um the main event now. You know, um, John Moxley versus MJF. Uh, MJF is now your new AEW World Champion. Um, that's to start off with uh Moxley and his intro and everything with the the fuck you and the, all the extra shit that he was doing. I seen yeah. Moxley turning heel in the middle of that match. Oh yeah, for sure. You could tell that the crowd was behind MJF, mm-hmm. and just by by proxy, they're like, okay, we we fuck with MJF, so fuck you, mm-hmm. and he played into for sure. So you know. That made sense. That made sense for me. And he can do it. I mean, Moxley is a Moxley's a talented wrestler, man. He could mm-hmm. be a heel and he could be a top heel too. So I'm yeah. interested to see how he can work off of that for sure. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of that MJF uh entrance? Oh, I, I think it was I think it was great. I, I, I love the home court advantage for him. Um mm-hmm. 
I'm not really a super fan of his interest music, but something last night for me, it just did something for me last night. It was, it was like, especially with him coming out and then saying, hold on, y'all didn't get hype enough for me. And then he runs out to the crowd. Like, you know, I think that was just a uh, perfect, like uh homecoming for him um, winning the title over there in Jersey, um, which is, you know, close to New York city, the tri-state area. Um right him just just the him just being over so much with the crowd you know like even though you still had moxie did retain some chance you know what I'm saying um during the course of the match it's just the, the the mjf chance just overshadowed that so much that it just you seen the 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 the, the heel turn happening with moxley even with him fingering the crowd like i said you know um and just like you no know, um i don't give a damn about it you know and I agree with you. Moxley is somebody who's also not only is he a talented wrestler, but he's somebody who can be a talented heel as 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 he is a babyface. You know, no, no doubt. What do you think of the match overall? Overall, the match uh, could have been a little better, but it wasn't. It wasn't a horrible match. It was a good match. It was no, a good no. match. Good yeah, it match. was a solid main event. It was a solid main event. Um, you know, MJF MJF has grown to become one of my personal favorite guys mm-hmm. in the ring because he does a lot without doing so much. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like a majority, a majority of that AEW roster, they, they do a lot. They do a lot of flipping and a lot of acrobatic athleticism. Whereas he's more, I'm going to slow this bitch down mm-hmm. and I'm going to try to tell y'all a story, you know? I'm a big fan of old school wrestling. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm from Atlanta. I'm a WCW, NWA baby. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And Dusty Rose wasn't doing no 450 flips. The <laughs> was walking people down, you know, and getting active, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when you see somebody like an MJF, one of these up and coming guys doing the stuff that is timeless, Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to in-ring and telling the story and that sort of thing, you know, you, I appreciate that kind of stuff. So I'm really interested to see how uh, his title run, his title reign goes. And especially if they're going to do him as a baby face, which is still kind of weird for me. Yeah. You know, I didn't think that that was going to work, but it seems to be working right now. So I'm with it. I'm behind it. Yeah. What do you think of, uh, the whole regal turning man i think i think that was moment of the night for that match um with with regal turning his back on him because especially because um earlier in the pay-per-view we spoke about how you had two different fractions going against each other and also competing against each other with blackpool combat club with uh danielson and and claudio being in that match together and them facing off in the middle of that match with each other and now you have regal basically um tossing mjf the, the brass knucks to, to to ko moxley so now he is no longer a part of blackpool combat club but he's also the the, the glue that kind of brought that group together you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. i feel like the blackpool combat club is probably over with at this point maybe mm-hmm. um Will of the Yuta not being involved in the pit on the pay-per-view last night in any match aspect, but you did see him mixing it up with Moxie in the backstage and everything. So uh, I don't know what's going to happen with uh, when it comes to that. I, at one point I did kind of think that they were going to try to make the three um, 
keep the title on Mox and have the other three going after the trios title. But as we mm. can see with the elite now being back and them having this best of seven series, um, that's definitely not going to be happening anytime soon. So um, I don't know what's going to happen with the Blackpool Combat Club. In my honest opinion, I feel like that that fraction is over and it kind of sucks the way it ends. But uh, I think it was golden with uh, Regal being the sneaky guy that he is and you know, it, it just, I like I said, that was moment of the match for me when he tossed him because he came out, don't you dare, don't you right, dare right. use that ring, you know, and then mm-hmm. he tosses the ring at him only for Rigo to flip him the, the brass knucks. And I'm like, oh, shit, I did not expect this. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that one definitely caught me by surprise. It was definitely a moment of the match for me on. Um, and like you said, like with MJF being the baby face, it it, it, it was kind of weird for me, especially with him himself running about calling himself the devil, you know, right. and then, but, but I guess even the devil has a halo. <laughs> so yeah. I'm definitely interested in seeing what's going to happen. Cause like, like, like I said, Regal was the glue to the, the Blackpool Combat Club. And what was the one that said, all right, you know, it takes each other to, to, Iron sharpens sharpens iron, you know. And you guys, I, you guys, you and, and Danielson, y'all are the two of the best in the world, you know. When it comes to doing what you guys do in the ring, and if you want to be together, you got to bleed together. And then him making them fight, and then having Willie you to come in and everything like the way he did, um, him showing, uh, they showed interest in Daniel Garcia at one point, you know. Um, I just felt like that was going to be a fraction that was going to be around for a while. So I don't know what's going to happen with that, uh, whether or not if uh, because um, we've also seen like uh, FTR come to back um, a couple of members of the Pinnacle recently. So I don't know if MJF is now forming another fraction and uh, what's going to happen. But I definitely see seeing him. And and then you know what it is, too, because Regal is a mouthpiece. So MJF doesn't need a mouthpiece. So. I don't. I, I. I'm. I'm interested in seeing what's gonna happen with him and Regal now. Right. Right. That's. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. What do you. What do you rate the match? Are the the overall show? The overall show. Um. Great pay per view overall. I would rate it probably a seven point five. Seven point five out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. That's legit. That's legit. I think that. You know. I think that that was a solid pay per view. Um, it's a, it was a very good opportunity for that company, um, to wash their hands of a couple things, mm-hmm. uh, coming off of the drama of a, you know, uh, all out mm-hmm. and the backstage stuff, not just with CM Punk, but, you know, with Thunder Rosa, you got a couple little things that could possibly have people looking crazy at AEW, but this show was a good opportunity for them to rebound and show and say like, Hey, we're, we're here. We're going to go ahead and get some things going and y'all need to watch uh, since we got MJF got the title, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's a good opportunity for them to reset, truly reset some things. Yeah. 1000%. And so because me, I would rate it, I would rate it about a seven out of 10 person. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're around the same area. Yeah, around yeah. the same area and um i think one of the reasons that kind of took away some of the points was just some of the, the um the matches in particular like i said like uh the women's matches uh with saraya and uh brit 
I just, like I said, I just felt like that match was just way too early, you know, um, could have built, uh, they could have built that up for a potential for the rivalry could have built up like during the course of the next couple of months, you know, um, because especially like with Soraya coming in and claiming that this is my house and Britt Baker's like, I built this house, you know, and then it should have given Soraya the opportunity to work her way up to say, all right, this is my house now because I've not only come in and I've beaten some of your younger talent, but now I've beaten the big dog in the, in the company. So I just think that that was just too soon. And also, if you wanted to have her have, um, if their match was going to happen, Brit should have won that match, whether it had been doing to due to outside interference or whatever the case may be. I just felt like that was should have been the outcome of that match. I agree. I definitely agree. I mean, my only negatives of the pay-per-view would have to be, you know, again, the overbooking mm-hmm. for a lot of those matches. Um, also. You know, they could have done without a couple of those matches like that Jarrett Lethal versus Sting Darby. Mm-hmm. They could have done without that, as well as the Jade uh, Ny- Nyla uh, mm-hmm. match. They could have done without that because the pay-per-view, one thing about AEW, man, those pay-per-views are long. All long. Long fucking pay-per-views. And I understand being in the crowd. You're like, fuck yeah, I got a five-hour show. I'm with it. Mm-hmm. But you know, you can you can kill a crowd with that kind of stuff. Oh you know? yeah. That that crowd went as hot toward the end. And yeah, it was tired. <laughs> right, exactly. So I think you could do you could do more with less for mm-hmm. me, but I don't I don't see Tony Khan's changing that up. <laughs> that's not that's at all be how he rocks. So yeah, because yeah. if you really think about it, it wasn't Jersey, so that was Eastern time. So it and it started at six for me, which was eight for mm-hmm. them, and it mm-hmm. ended at ten over here, which means that was midnight for them. So, damn, you know, those, that, that, that crowd was definitely dying down at the ending of the match, um, the matches mm-hmm. towards the mm-hmm. end of the pay per view. So I definitely understand that, and also I I agree with you with the Nala Rose match and of uh, Jade because if you was gonna have that match, that could have been a great buy in match, for sure. For it sure. shouldn't have been on the main card. For sure. It just, it just, it, it seems like he throws a lot of matches at you. Mm-hmm. He throws a lot of matches in that, that could be cool, but also you want your crowd as hot as possible mm-hmm. going into the main event. And, you know, it's laborious to go to watch a four, four and a half hour show. <laughs> or five sure, hour laborious. Like, I, I don't want to do all that. Yeah, you know, I mean, only reason why I watched this straight through is because I did actually purchase the pay-per-view last night, you know okay. what I'm saying? So I watched it all the way through, but I I definitely was like, at, towards the end of it, I'm like, damn, this shit is really fucking long. <laughs> yeah. once, once I got to, I want to say it was like 10.30, I was like, shit, man, it's still three matches to go, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like even when um Excalibur he kind of made a, a hiccup last night in his commentating because um he mentioned that the Moxley and the um uh, MJM match which match was next but he kind of like he's like oh let me run that back we got the acclaim coming up before that you know but like I was like because then I'm like wait hold on was the acclaim and uh swerving our glory uh in the buyout right, match right, I mean a buyout right, pay-per-view yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah now them shit's long as hell Mm-hmm. But overall, solid show, man. Solid yeah, show. And I'm glad that they're able to, you know, move move forward away from the CM Punk drama. Yeah. And all of that. Like it's good for them to be focused on moving forward. 
Yeah, you know, for sure, for sure. Not just dwelling on bullshit. So mm-hmm. I respect it. Yeah, man. All right, so um, you know, I wanted to get into a uh, Survivor Series coming up, but uh, Bradley had to leave us unfortunately. Um, so I've, I've that pay per view is coming up, if I'm not mistaken, this weekend. Um, to be honest, man, I don't know off the top oh. of my head. I think it is this weekend because I know the Survivor Series teams or the War Game teams have been set. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, man, I don't know. All right, but well, either way, we will definitely meet back up to discuss that and discuss more things in depth with um, wrestling in general and just not just touching pay-per-views in general. You know, um, like I said, this is just a special segment for the CPE podcast, but we are looking uh, like we have discussed off camera, um, going to be doing something else um, in general with us for um, wrestling. So, um, you know, guys, I just want you guys to just pay attention and uh, watch out for us, you know, because we got the, we're coming out there, man. And we got some things to talk about when it comes to wrestling, like just three guys who are very passionate about the sport, you know, and uh, we don't just watch one promotion. You know, we watch multiple promotions and I think all of them deserve some time to be talked about, you know, nah, for sure. For sure. Know? But um, I just want to thank you, my brother, for joining me tonight. Um, shout out to Bradley for him joining us also. And um, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? Nah, man. Thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to what you, Brad, and myself got working mm-hmm. or cooking up uh, because there are some voices that need to be put out there. And I, I believe you two brothers and myself, we got a lot to say. Oh, yeah. We can do that when it comes to professional wrestling so yeah thank you again for inviting me again to your podcast and my i'm a two-time guest so yes I, yes yes i cherish that i cherish yeah. that i thank you i appreciate you my brother all yeah, right man. man so this is we're signing out of his boy chief chris and adrian yes, yes sir. sir all right man peace king all right bro